Jaden Hicks from Trazo County, and you're listening to the 615 Pets Podcast. Welcome into the 615 Preps Podcast. Uh, pleasant hello to you. Chris Brooks with you here. Uh, Scott Burton, Christian Capozzi, guys, as usual. What's up? Hello. <laughs> we are on to week seven of the high school football season in Middle Tennessee, and this thing's flying by. Uh, and it, we're already getting to October. Oh, no, you couldn't tell it by the weather. Yeah, no. I was about to say, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. No, not at all. Not at all. It's still blazing hot out here. But uh, got a loaded show for you this week. Uh, plenty to talk about from week six. Some of our biggest games, our game of the week, we'll talk about that one in a bit. Um, we'll do a little word association of sorts and see what these guys think about certain teams and their playoff aspects. And we'll we'll pick them again as usual. Who you got? So, uh, without further ado, let's get started. Uh, week six, plenty of plenty of good football. Uh, we had a really good one at Riverdale. The backyard brawl lived up to its name. Blackman trailing 22-3, to comes all the way back and wins it in the final seconds, 23-22 over Riverdale. Uh, guys, uh, your, your reaction from this one? I was keeping up with that score all night long. And, you, and I picked Riverdale, and it looked so good to the very end, and, and Blackman turned it on. And it's for much as we said about Blackman's record, right around 500, you know what? They're winning region games. That's all that matters. And although this one took to the very end, last couple seconds, this, this shows what, how good of a football team the Blaze are. And uh, battling back from that kind of deficit and, and winning a game, a, a big-time game against Riverdale, it's really impressive. And that, that I think that tells us more in that one game alone maybe than what the Blaze have done uh, to this point. Yeah, <laughs> Riverdale has to be frustrated. You know, to be that close to solidifying at least a second spot in that, in that region, uh, you're up 19 late in the third quarter and you give that – away um, you have a good chance to knock out the uh, the streak that they I think it's a what nine games now after that uh, that had to be frustrating on the other hand Blackman you know coming back um, you know what can you say we knew that well you know we, we knew that they weren't as bad as advertised and yeah they were they were one of my picks just because I just could feel you know this this game it was indicative of how close these teams are. It really is. So, I mean, it really should have gone the, the other way. But Blackman was uh, – yeah, they weren't ready to quit. You know, Blackman, you know, a big, big victory for them because now it sets up uh, a showdown with Oakland for first place in that region this week. And we'll pick that game later and who you got. But, uh, you know, the Blaze, a huge come from behind win, really important for their playoff aspects because – you know, they can still get a home playoff game. If they lose that game, it's a lot harder for them to be hosting the first round if they drop that one. So, Kid Hartsfield's bunch, a big come from behind win and a, a big moment for them in their regular season. Um, another one, East Nashville goes to BGA on their homecoming and wins 34-26. Now, BGA was without an symptom helper. They held him out because of a thumb injury that he had sustained against CPA. Yeah. He could have played, but they decide with it being a non-region game, a non-elimination game, just to err on the side of caution. They're off next week, so they've got some time to get the heal up. Yeah, that's a smart play. Uh, this game, 
I, you know, we we talked about East Nashville and their defense. Uh, they really showed that they were able to move the ball. Big plays. I think they had uh, three touchdowns of 76 yards or, or longer, uh, a 99-yard kickoff return. Um, yeah, but BGA managing to put that many points up, it would have been really interesting to see what this game would have done if they hadn't held their quarterback out. Yeah, and even though that Simpson Felter didn't play, them being able uh, to, to hang around with an East Nashville team, we've documented how great of a defense they're playing. Putting up 26 against that team, uh, just a one-possession game, that's a that's pretty good not having a guy that your offense has been really centered around. He's already thrown for over 1,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. But I, I think you're right. Symptom Felter, he is a big reason why BGA has gotten to where they are right now. And you just don't want to put him in jeopardy for what really defined your season in November. Yeah, it, it was a heavyweight bout. It seemed like, you know, one person would punch. And they. I, I'm talking about, you know, you, one guy throw a punch, another one throw run right back. Yeah, plenty of big plays from Demick Starling. Uh, he's going to be a huge impact player for East Nashville this week because it's a game we'll talk about later on. They've got another game on our list, Pearl Cone, in one of the biggest games of the year for the area. Pearl Cone is still unbeaten because they beat Hillsborough 47-40 to on Saturday at TSU. And I got to tell you, this game took a lot longer than it should have because of all the flags that threw were well, thrown in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was out of state actually at another uh, at another game and I kept looking at my phone. I thought this can't be right. The Wi-Fi here has to be lagging. There's no way this game is lasting this long. Yeah, it was a five o'clock kickoff, and, and I don't think I left TSU until eight forty-five. Wow. It was more than three and a half hours because of all the penalties and the delays. And it's not it wasn't a TV game. There wasn't an extended halftime for the bands. It was just that choppy all the way around. It was, it was very chippy too. Uh, the emotions were flowing high between Pearl Cone and Hillsborough. And those two teams, they didn't like each other. There were a lot of personal fouls. S- somehow there were no ejections in this one, and which is great for Pearl Cone because they need all their cats ready for East Nashville, which is now a battle of two unbeaten teams. That's a very good point. I did not consider that. But, yeah, with all the flags you were telling me about, I am surprised because that, that would have been devastating. Well, it may not have been devastating, but it would have been very, very – key to this game and, coming up and Hillsborough you know they were down in the first half but they wound up coming back and, and scoring 27 unanswered points to on, on Pearl Cone and since I had picked them I was following that very very closely <laughs> Hillsborough is just an interesting squad like they've been competitive in games but they've won the games they're supposed to and the games that you know the other teams were, were probably going to win that's my thing with the Burroughs right now they haven't won a game you know where they come Come and just shock somebody. Mm-hmm. They, they've just been, you know, right around their three and three right now. They've they've beaten the teams, taking care of business that they're supposed to. They just haven't been able to, not even an upset, but to get a win, a, a signify a significant, you know, defining win. They just haven't been able to get over that hump. And if they're going to want to continue their 2019 season, which they had some aspirations early this year, they, you know, they had. This was supposed to be a three-team race in that region, and it's kind of just shaped up to be more of a, a Gallatin Beach look right now. If they want to get back in that mix, they, they've got to make some answers and win some games that, that kind of open some eyes for some people. Uh, the way they played, I mean, you know, in the second half, they were up 40-27, to 27, and you know, the Procone body language was not great at all. 
they were it looked like it was going to go to Hillsboro and just basically they were going to run away with this but uh, credit Pearl Cone they, they stepped in and stepped up and made some big plays at the end to not only come back in that game and get the win and remain unbeaten but to you know, you know do it in such a way that they didn't lose any players for an, a game or so because of how chippy this thing was in the first half you know, I honestly thought there was going to be a bigger fight than there was. Now, there were some scuffles on the sidelines. There was a lot of shoving, post-play stuff, but and, and it, it didn't get completely out of control like it could have at some point. And, you know, that's got to do a lot with coaching staff and just reminding guys, look, we really appreciate there being a rivalry, there being – we want you to play aggressive, but it's got to be, you know, in between the whistles, in between the plays. You, you can't just extend it. Afterwards, because then you put your team in jeopardy. If you're sitting out a couple games, and especially if it's a region game, that's where it becomes detrimental to your team. So you got to appreciate there being some some competitiveness, but at least they they were able to do it in in a manner where everybody's eligible to play this next week. Yeah, that that's the important thing is that you come out of these things healthy and with all your players intact. And we'll talk about this a little bit more and who you got because. You know, Procon East Nashville is a massive game on our schedule this next week. Mm-hmm. The, the chippiness is kind of a theme here, too, because our game of the week was Trousdale County at Macon County, and this one was chippy, too. Another another rivalry, maybe for a little bit different reason, but uh, Trousdale County comes with a 28 to nothing victory, and Macon County's got to be kicking themselves. They had some missed opportunities early to, to get a lead, which no one had really been able to do against Trousdale County most of the year. Yeah, they had some early leads, I mean, uh, some early drives that were extended by personal foul penalties against Trousdale County. Uh, drove down the field, I think, maybe on the second drive. Had a chance to take a lead with a field goal. Just uh, just a little bit too far left, hit the upright. Uh, and, and were driving again, actually, or had made a, had made a stop, got the ball. And uh, then it just kind of fell apart from there with that uh, fumble. Yeah, fumble yeah. recovery for touchdown. Yeah, Trousdale County gets a 70-yard fumble return for touchdown. That actually was the first points of the game, and it just kind of snowballed a little bit from there. Macon's offense not really able to do a whole lot on the ground. Their defense held Trousdale County in check for the most part, with the exception of a couple of big plays from the guy we're fixing to hear from, Jaden Hicks. Uh, what did you guys do this week to get up for this game? Sir, we did the same thing we do every week. Go to practice right after school, you know, prepare, do the best we can, stay out late, make sure we get all the little things down. You know, little things mean more than big things sometimes if you pay attention to them. And we just prepared the best we could, watched the most film we could, and we just came out here ready to play. Hey, yeah, you had two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Yes, sir. How, that, uh, that passing, that pass was perfect, right on the yes, money. Uh, was that, uh, everybody was really excited after yes, that. Yes, that was a big momentum push for me. We've been, all week we've been practicing throwing everything because, you know, we don't throw the ball a lot, but when we do, we like to complete it. And Coach has been working me really well all during the summer and all during the uh, weeks. Uh, games and we finally just got one to go through. And then the second half, you guys come out and you just drive and drive and drive. Uh, you, you controlled most of the third, almost all of the third quarter. Yes, sir. Is that the plan coming back out into the half? Just to. Well, just the, honestly, the plan was to come back and dominate like Trazo Cash supposed to, you know, lay the le- yellow hat out and do what we do. And we just wanted to get some more uh, score on the board. We just tried our best. Awesome. You guys going on to your next game? You've got. Uh, we got this one. <laughs> Yeah, and what he talked about with the, the third quarter drive, they held it for nearly nine minutes to start the second half, and, and that just kind of imposed their will on Macon County with with a 21 nothing lead already. So that was a big turning point in the game. Macon could have gotten back in the contest had they been able to break through, but they were never able to get the ball back. Right. I mean, it was 
it, it was just a sustained drive. It, it was just a grinder, and it really took its toll on Mank County's defense. Now, this game cleaned up in the second half, but in the first half, it was, it was really chippy. Trousdale County had four personal fouls in the first quarter alone. A lot of that was like post-play stuff. Now, now Trousdale County fans will probably say, well, Macon County started it. Yeah, they probably did, but you cannot be the second guy. You will get caught if you retaliate every single time. That's just been over the years. That's just how it's been. Yeah, and, and in the post-game uh, talk uh, that I, you know, I don't have on tape, but it, uh, from what I understand, Coach Satterfield addressed that. Uh, he addressed what it uh, that you know it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't acceptable behavior. It wasn't. Uh, I think what he said was uh, it wasn't what they were about, and that uh, regardless, they need to maintain their composure and represent. Uh, so he did address that uh, after the game. But you're right. I mean, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of heightened tension, or you know, you know, it was. It's definitely a rivalry. Yeah. All right. So we also heard from Trousdale County head coach Blake Satterfield as well. And this is what he had after the game. Great uh, rivalry, great rivalry game. What did you do to prepare for this team this week? Well, uh, offensively, Macon County did a lot of things. I mean, they do a lot of motions and things like that. They use their guys really well. Uh, Coach Shoulders is a great coach. I mean, he's doing a great job with this program. Uh, So we knew coming in we'd have to spend a lot more time on the defensive side of the ball this week. And we didn't spend as much time on the offensive side. And I think that showed up tonight. You know, we like to score more points and do all that. Uh, But at the end of the day, our defense had a shutout. Uh, That's the second year in a row we was able to shut Macon County out. Uh, You know, again, like I said a minute ago, I'll take a 28-0 win any day. Well, yeah, and Macon County for the last three games have really poured points on. Yeah, no so doubt. your defense was really up to the challenge. Oh, yeah, and, and we looked at it, and I think they were averaging 58 points per game in the last three games, and their de- their defense was actually holding opponents to nine points per game. Um, so that point differential is kind of scary coming into a game. Um, and they're playing bigger schools, too. This is our first 4A opponent that we've seen this year, and, um, you know, we, we had issues at times. And Macon County played us really well. You go, you said earlier about a rivalry. Um, it doesn't get more big than high school football when you it's the border brawl right here. It's awesome. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We, uh, uh, one, this was the game that the people that listened to us, this was the game they picked. Oh, it was, it was, this is why we're here. Yeah. Um, I talked to Jaden uh, Hicks just briefly, yes, sir. and he said you guys work specifically on passing, or you've been working on the yes, passing yeah, game. Uh-huh, yeah. and he, because I saw once he hit that long pass, oh, your yeah, tight end. Awesome. It was uh, everybody came along. Oh, we were hey that that right there and that was that, that pass was thrown from uh, from Higgs to Tavares Claiborne, right. um, number seven, who's a he's a guy that I love to see the ball in his hands. Um, it's just we we got we got to do different ways of getting that guy the ball. Um, I mean six four, he's the biggest guy on the field, um, and he plays with a lot of heart. And I know he, he he gets you know he wants the ball, and that's awesome. And to see him do that and have success on that play, um, that that was a joy. It brought joy to me. <laughs> <laughs> now you came out in the second half. You know, the first half. Uh, they were gaining some momentum. You had a big turnover, mm-hmm. uh, returned it back. They seemed right. to bring your, your oh, team yeah. to life. Right. That, that, I, I think that if I had to go back and say what was the play of the game, that by far was the play of the game. And I think that was Xavier Harper. Uh, Tavares Claiborne actually caused the fumble. To, uh, Xavier Harper picked it up, and that guy could fly. He, he runs as well as any of our, our, our running backs. And he, 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 you know, Once he picked that ball up, there wasn't anybody stopping him from that end zone. 
and in the second half, you guys came out and you pretty much dominated the entire. Right. But the second half, but right. the third quarter, I think they had maybe one possession. I, th I think yeah, I think we uh, went down and we had that uh, maybe turnover on downs or a turnover uh, interception, interception down here. Yeah. And I think what well, was three three minutes and something left on the uh, clock. Yeah. Anytime, and, and I want to score all the time. Don't get me wrong. But anytime you can move the ball that far and and, and keep the ball away from the opponent, um, you know, you play field position at that time. Uh, if we're both of these teams, Trailsville County, Main County, we were very equal. There's not a lot of difference in us and to come away in my opinion with a 28 to nothing win uh that, that's a bit i mean that's a, that's a moral victory and a in any victory for us right there now where do you go from here well we got east robertson at home next week that's a big region game for us we got to prepare for them they've got a receiver who's getting offers by florida and uh, uh kentucky and, and tennessee big guy uh so we're gonna have to draw up something defensively to make sure we put a bottle on, or a cap on him um and then get back to some of the stuff we, that we missed this week on the offensive side we gotta we gotta we gotta get back to some basics and fundamentals and things like that outstanding well coach Thank you so much for no taking problem. the time. No problem. Hey, thank good you. luck on the rest of the season. I appreciate it. All right, thank, thank you very much. Take thank care. You. Yeah, that's a big win for Charleston County's confidence, you know, just being able to take care of a rival right that, like that. They didn't really have any injuries. You get out of that game relatively healthy and with a, a good head of steam going into the rest of the region schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they are uh, coming together at the right time. Uh, they're going to be a force. All right. Well, that's it for this segment. Uh, time for us to uh, pick a player of the week. So, uh, guys, let's have it. Who you got? Ready for uh, player of the week? Uh, I've got uh, Garrett Wooten, wide receiver from Fairview. Seven receptions, 197 yards, four touchdowns. Okay. I'm going to throw out we, – we had, we had Eagleville last week. Mm -hmm. I'm throwing out another Eagleville player this week, Trevor Griffin. Seven catches, 113 yards on offense. 12 tackles and a block kick on defense. He's having a really good season. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm going to th uh, throw out uh, Pope John Paul uh, quarterback Sawyer Watts. Uh, 12 of 16 for 214 yards and count them six touchdowns. Mm, hard to beat that. LaKendry Sanders from Montgomery Central, 175 rushing yards and three touchdowns in their big win over Harpeth. So those are, those are my two. Um, you've heard them, Judge. They got pretty good game there for Sawyer Watts. Six touchdown passes. That's hard. Uh, that's hard not to go with. I I like Sawyer. Yeah, they're at Christian County, Kentucky. I believe is who they played that. Yep, that was their homecoming game this week. So uh, Pope John Paul II Sawyer Watts gets our Player of the Week award this week. Congratulations to him, and uh, we'll uh, we'll put that up on the website later this week so you guys can uh, can congratulate him for that. Uh, real quick, want to mention our game of the week. So another good one for our game of the week this week. You've got 6-0 East Nashville at 6-0 Pearl Cone. There's no telling what this one could be. It could be a shootout, a bunch of points. could be a 10-7 ball game. I, I lean towards a shootout, two good offenses, but you don't know what in the world East Nashville's defense is going to do. That, that's going to be the question. Can East Nashville's defense contain uh, Pearl Cone? And, can their, and if not, can their offense match the Firebirds firepower? So – it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun game, I think, for uh, for the you know everybody to watch and see yeah. and take the region race out of it. Both teams six and zero. Oh. I mean, it's, yeah, there's and, and those you know those unbeaten teams are starting to fall off now. There's only so many. That, yeah, there's there's gonna be some pride on line because somebody's gonna be seven and zero. Oh. Yeah, and and so that's not gonna be lost on these on these guys. Yeah, it's seven and zero, oh and essentially with a two game lead in the region when you consider the tiebreaker because East Nashville ranked fifth this week, Pearl Cone ranked third in 3A, 
and it's about as good as it gets anywhere in the state with this battle the battle and we're we're glad to be out there for it uh, but we got to take a break we will get to more playoff talk in a bit this is the 615 preps podcast we're back right after this hey just a reminder that mid-state preps plus is looking for you we currently have openings for sponsors on both the mid-state preps plus website and the 615 preps podcast contact us at midstatepreps at gmail.com for more details Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast, uh, we're going to do something a little different in this segment this week. Uh, I've got a list of teams that I want to kind of get your guys just a quick take on as to their prospects for postseason play this year. And uh, the first one that I want to throw out, uh, Christian, I'll start with you, Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet, fourth consecutive region championship. I think it's going to happen again. It's been rocky to go, but those teams they've lost to, really good squads. They got a pretty, they got a pretty manageable schedule at the end. All comes down last week at Hendersonville. Those two teams look to be it. Yeah, I think it's going to be. You're exactly right. It's going to come down to that last week at Hendersonville. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see a little more consistency before I, you know, as far as how far they'll go, uh, you know, in the postseason. Um, you know, are they a second round exit? Third round exit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about postseason this year, but it's just that region. You just yeah, it, they're almost a lock again. They they they've yeah. done it three years in a row. As long as they can take care of business that last week, like you said. Yeah, yeah, their postseason aspirations might be a little tougher because that other region has been so good at the top. It's like a couple of years ago they were ten and zero, and it was at Riverdale, I believe, that year they got them in the first round yeah. at at Mountain Juliet. So you just never know. It's some of these region matchups. You play so well all year long, and then you're facing the best of the best. Yeah. And that'll yeah. be something we'll talk about down the line is some of these roadblocks in the playoffs for some of these schools and these regions for that matter because there have been historically roadblocks for certain teams just by the, the company they keep. Oh, sure. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Scott, next one's yours. Brentwood. Brentwood. Oh, wow. Uh, I think, uh, truthfully, uh, we'll get into a little bit more in who you got because I think this game is going to be the tale. I, you know, of course, Brentwood's going to, uh, you know, going to make the playoffs. Where, you know, how far they go. You know, and, you know, it, really a lot of it's on this game. Mine for Brentwood, pack your bags for first place. Final three region games are on the road, Independence, Franklin, and Centennial. Independence, tough one. Now, Franklin, we, we saw what they did a couple weeks ago to Independence. you got to watch out for those guys. Uh, you know, if they win out, they win the region. So. Yeah. And Franklin, yeah. Franklin has been a little bit resurgent as of lately. We may have to talk about them before this thing's done. They will influence who wins and loses this region, I believe. Yeah, record doesn't look great, but they're going to, like they did it against Independence a week or so ago, they're going to scare some people. And, I mean, they almost held on and beat the Eagles. So, yeah. it's a tricky schedule, but you got to go on the road and do it if you're the Bruins. Okay, the right. ne- next one on the list is Trousdale County, and I'll start with this one. After seeing them against Macon County, I think Trousdale County is a 2A state championship contender. What's going to stop them is themselves. Too many penalties to shoot themselves in the foot and, and short-circuit drives. You cannot do that late in the playoffs in 2A. They have the size. They have the skill. They have the talent to win it all. They've got to have it in the head to make sure that they don't make the mistakes that kill them. To wrap up the regular season, it's all about home games down the home stretch. Final three region games all at home. They're 1-1 one one right now in the region. You know, these, these last three region games, though, they look like they should be able to take care of business. And like you said, they, they've got the talent to do it. They just have to do it. I like this team, but a lot of it's going to re- rely on offense. Their defense is good. It's, they're, they're as good as anybody. But 
you know, right now they're going to have to develop that passing game a little bit more because pretty soon teams will be loading the box up against them. And when they get up to tougher competition, that's going to be a problem. That being said, I do like this team to make the finals. It's going to be a Watertown rematch in the third round, in my opinion, and we'll see if the path holds the same as last year for Charlottesville County. Christian, Smyrna. Smyrna, team that got a freshman quarterback right now. It's a difficult last month. Cane Ridge, Ravenwood, Laverne, Stewart's Creek. Pretty tough, especially for a freshman quarterback that's only played a couple games. They've got some talent up front to do it. You just got to see what they can do. And it all starts this week uh, with Cane Ridge. Yeah, Smyrna, uh, yeah, they've got the talent to do well. I, you know, how far they go is kind of questionable. I'd like to see a little more consistency out of this team, truthfully. And they got some big games coming up, Cane Ridge and Stewart's Creek. I think those are going to be key, key games for them. And their problem's been getting into the playoffs. It hadn't been getting in. It's once you get there, and then you got to go face the teams in Region Six Six A. Right. They've gotten there the last couple of years. Just haven't been able to beat those teams. I think they're really they're in a solid spot right now for a playoff spot. Question is then. What can you do in that first round? Yeah, yeah Smyrna yeah. is pretty much right there at, at clinching a playoff spot now as it is. Uh, it, it's going to be about positioning yourself to get away from you know, Brentwood, Ravenwood, Independence. You have to jostle for that region championship, and it's critical that they beat Cane Ridge in order to do that. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll bring this up too, though. Cane Ridge matchup. If Cane Ridge wins that one, Smyrna's got to be a little – got to be watching out for Laverne. They go to Laverne, and, and we've, we've talked about how – improved of a team the Wolverines are this year. So if they slip up once or twice, they could see themselves tumble down those standings. But I, I think they are they're pretty pretty well into getting into the playoffs. I, I think that this I think this game is the game for them. I think this game uh, because if they can hold on to that second spot and not have to go on the road, then they have the potential to do some things. And Cane Ridge has still not lost a region five, six A game since realignment. They have not lost Somebody's got to do it sooner or later. All right, Scott, next up, Riverdale. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought Riverdale was really almost a lock the way they were playing. Uh, after last week, uh, not so sure. Uh, if they could have put away Blackman, it would have been really, really interesting to see what happened. Um, I think Riverdale, there's, there's, they still have a chance. I think they're going, they're going. I don't think they're going to be in the, those top two positions. I just don't think that there's any way. Uh, so, yeah, I think they that they are getting better, and I think they are dangerous to anybody that they play in the playoffs because I think that they just continually, they're just continuing to grow as the season goes on. That region's so top heavy. I think they're fine when it comes to getting in the playoffs, but you kind of just want to kick yourself did you cost yourself a home playoff game you had it you were up 19 last week hurts but you got to kind of move on because in two weeks from now you play at oakland you win that one somehow then things turn around and you jumble up some things so i don't think you dwell on it too much but you just kind of keep that thought in your mind what could have been absolutely yeah you're, you're basically playing warren county for third place now the bottom half of that region is not very good so I don't think that they're necessarily concerned about making the playoffs. It's just making sure that you beat Warren County and get third and maybe see what happens if you come out and knock off Oakland. Who knows? I, I mean, mean, really, exactly. You 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 got to stay healthy and you got to start planning ahead and you got to start look. I mean, you can't look past Siegel because Siegel will, could jump up and bite you. But that Oakland game is looming large up there. 
I'm sure that the coaches are already it's already in the back of their mind. I'll say this: the number four team in Region Four of Six A is not in for a very easy fight if Riverdale comes up as a number three. They're not going to like. They're not going to like it. And that's what we've already brought up with what happened a couple of years ago with Mountain Juliet. Something similar like that, and they went to MJ and beat them. That's why this Riverdale team is scary, um, and they're probably looking like they're going to have to go on the road and try to do that again in 2019. Right, we're going to jump classes real quick to Region Five and Class Four A and White House Heritage. And this is a team that's been pretty resurgent. They've had some really, really rough years the last couple of years, but the Patriots have kind of kind of had a renaissance. They're, they're in the mix for that region for those playoff spots. That entire region is a big jumble, though, so it's going to be really important for them to take care of business the rest of the way out. Yeah, beside them, I've got might need some help. Their win right now against Portland it looks huge right now, especially with Portland being on the top half of the standings right now. Two of their last three region games are on the road, Creekwood and uh, Montgomery Central. Both those teams above them in the standing. They're going to take care of business, and, and if they can't, they might need to be relying on some other teams, but they're going to have to win a couple in the last few weeks to get in. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, they, they have a solid chance. This, as Chris, uh, as you said, this is really just a jumble. This is uh, – it's really, you know, anybody's, you know, anybody's game, really. Um, you know, how they how they fare is going to be totally on uh, on us. But what I am impressed with, what I am impressed with, was what they did this week on offense, where they had been relying on the run so much. They threw the ball well this week, and that's a balanced offense. That's something you hadn't seen out of them, and that's something that could pay off in the future. Look for the Patriots to possibly be a sleeper in 4A in that western half of the bracket because they're two points for being unbeaten in the region right now. They're literally two one-point losses are their losses so far in region play. If they can clean up just a little bit and get better as the season goes on, they've got a chance to really make noise in that in that 4A bracket. Let's stay in 4A for a second and go to region four, Nolensville Christian. The Knights have a home playoff game on the mind right now. You look at some of the region that you can already almost cancel a couple teams out. They got two teams right now that are 0-2 in that region. Uh, They've won playoff games the last two years. I still don't think they've played a home playoff game in their young history. So they're looking for one. And it all comes down really critical game November 1st at Marshall County. That's likely the region title. Um, either way, if you get to that point and that's the region title, you're probably playing a home playoff game. Knights are looking really good right now heading into October. I think the Knights have a really good chance to go deep in the playoff run. Uh, they are playing extremely well. I think, Christian, as you said, aside from the home playoff game on their mind, that Marshall County game is going to be huge. And yeah, right now I've, right now they're, they're the team to beat in this region, and I think they're one of the teams to beat in this class. Yeah. Nolansville, I mentioned this at the very beginning of the season. I thought they had a chance to be a state champion for the first time. They are going to have some roadblocks in the, in front of them in the playoffs. Starting with round three, Livingston Academy might be their opponent there. And Livingston Academy has been pretty good so far. Um, then you're going to have to look at either you know, Greenville or Anderson County in the semifinals. There's two teams that are ranked above Nolensville right now. So there are some hurdles for them to get to Cookville. But if they get there, they got as good a chance as any to win it. So the Knights have everything they want in front of them. And I've been really impressed with the way they've played so far. The team that we've mentioned quite a bit, uh, Stewart's Creek, Scott. Uh, Stewart's Creek has been playing extremely well. I, but, you know, I just don't know what they uh, 
I, I just you just don't know right now. The jury's still kind of out for me with this team on how far they're going to go. Can they host a playoff game for the first time ever? And it's just, once again another pretty new school. Uh, I think first place is kind of out of the scenario for them. Uh, they've already lost mm-hmm. to Cane Ridge. And I think second place is really up for battle November 1st at Smyrna. Bulldogs and then Stewart's Creek there. Those two teams, you know, Smyrna's held on to that second spot and maybe gotten a little bit too comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think Stewart's Creek's got a really good shot at hosting their first ever playoff game. Yeah, if they're going to wind up facing one of that trio, Brentwood Independence or Ravenwood in the first round, or playing one of those three in the first round, that's not a, that's a recipe for a deep playoff run. But you know, the way Burt Brown has had this team playing this year, they started off with a surprise upset. Who knows? I mean, yeah. That's the thing about Region 5 is that whoever is the two seed is playing pretty much a should be a one seed in any other region. Right. Between Brentwood, Ravenwood, Independence, that's a tough draw. I, I mean, I, I think that that is their goal this year is, you know, you know of course the, the lofty goals you have, but trying to get that second spot, trying to get that home playoff game, that's on their mind. Can they get there? It's just so tough. They're going to have to ride Amari Jelks once they get there. That's been their their formula to success to this point. And that, you know, ground game continues to really be the dominant way once you get into late October, November. Well, if it ever cools down around here. <laughs> but hey, sooner or later, you know, you're going to have to run the ball. They do a really good job of it. It's just as of all Region 5, 6, 8 teams, can you get through that first round against all the Brent Woods and the Independences? That That is the question, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let East Nashville next. And, and they have such a monster game this week with Pearl Cone. It, it's, it's unfair to say that one game is going to define them, but East Nashville is going to be defined by this game this week as far as their playoff path is concerned. I mean, they are a very, very – dangerous team in 3A. They're unbeaten, obviously. They have a chance to make a really deep run, but this is probably going to be the first of two times they're going to see Pearl Cone this season. The region title in week, six, uh, week seven, pretty much. Uh, winner most likely finishes first. Loser of this game uh, is going to finish in second. And you know what? For East Nashville, after this one, it's a fairly easy path to the playoffs after this week. They've, they've got a couple region games. They're at home. A lot is determined, I believe, about November this week against Pearl Cone. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of uh, – yeah, the, the future is now. And whoever wins this game is going to have a tremendous advantage. Uh, basically, it, it is – it's the region. I think it's what you – if I can <laughs> – that's what you just said. So um, – and it's true. I mean <laughs> – it's going to be a big thing. Now, where you know what they do from here, uh, even with that second spot, if they lock that up, which I think that they will, uh, I think that I think these are your one and twos. These are your one and twos, unless something just horribly goes off the rails somewhere. So this is your one and two. It's just going to, you know, I think these teams will actually see each other again uh, later on, and then, and as as things go, usually it's the other team that. that uh, Wins that one. So they want to lose this week then. Uh, you never want to lose. No, you never want to lose. I'm just saying that, let's face it, you know, lately it's been, it seems to have gone a lot that way. All right, Christian, next up, Independence. I've got them described as difficult but possible in this region. They finish out with their schedule, Brentwood, Pearl Cone, and Ravenwood, three teams still on their schedule. That's not easy. 
And you know what? They finished third the last two seasons since they've been bumped up to 6A, and they they haven't just really been used to that. They control their own destiny. It starts this week uh, with Brentwood. I like the Eagles. I, I really like them as a team. Ethan Cash is a, a veteran quarterback. They've, they've got a chance, as we've already we've talked about, as somebody, whether you're first, second, or third in this region, or even fourth, most of these teams, they just find ways to win, whether it, whether it's offense, defense, sometimes even special teams. And I think Independence is just another one of those teams. I think right now it's just all – the whole question in that region is who's going to finish where when it comes to seeding. Yeah, Independence having control of their own destiny, this is true. I'm, I'm a little concerned about their schedule and, you know, their their play lately, uh, their injuries. They have got to stay healthy. And that's that's to me is the big the big key with uh, and this week is is the key. You know, if they can if they can somehow get by Brentwood, I think they you know, they solidify, you know, a, a home playoff game. There's no telling where they go from there. And ever since week 1 against Summit, I mean, they have just they've been on it. And yeah. the Summit lost now. I'm not going to say it doesn't look bad, but we see what Summit's doing. So, mm-hmm. it's a uh, that might have been a, a wake-up call week one, and the Eagles have surely responded to this point. There's not enough people talking about independence. I mean, they're going to be a very dangerous number three seed if they finish there, but it's all in front of them as far as you know, what they do in this region because they have both Brentwood and Ravenwood left. I mean, they can basically take it themselves. And, and you're, you make a great point. They've been flying under the radar early in the season. Now teams are uh, stepping up and taking notice. And how uh, they approach uh, Independence from here on out. And Independence is a team, I think a lot of people forget this, they were in the playoffs week two and led against Brentwood most of the way and fumbled at the end. They were headed toward the, towards the quarterfinals. And I think that might have caught some people. A lot of people don't remember that. Independence is a really sneaky good team. Everybody talks about Battle of the Woods, Ravenwood, Brentwood, Independence. That's 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 a good team. Let's talk about the team that Independence just beat, Hendersonville. Yeah, if you're asking me for word association, the word uh, snake bit comes to mind. But I think inconsistency is a better a better word. I, I don't know that this team is going to make the playoffs. Quite frankly, uh, they they don't know how to. They really don't know how to finish games. Uh, you know, three of their last games, you know, all lost in the final quarter, Beach, Lebanon, Indy. As, they're, they're a team that should perform, but this year I just don't know with the schedule they've got left if they make it. Hendersonville's word for me is finish. Lost last three games. They're all one-possession games. And as you said, the first two of those uh, one-point games, they they're in these games. They are – and some of them we've – talked about with our game of the week they've they've been well in it and they've let it go they've just they've got to get it together and Scott I think I'm going to prove you wrong later and who you got I got some stats that'll kind of tell you why Hendersonville will go to the playoffs and I think it starts with this week I believe Hendersonville will go to the playoffs but I don't know how far they can get especially given that they're going to go up against you know those teams in Region 3 with Oakland and, and that bunch. It's The schedule's in front of them to take second in that region because, I mean, they've they still got Mount Julie to play. They've still got Wilson Central to play. I think the Commandos may have something to prove in the second half of the season, but I just don't I, – I think they're a first-round out. Well, and, and here's why. I'm not saying they don't have the talent to, to, to make the playoffs. What I'm saying is they've not shown the ability to finish games – 
right now. And right now, the way they're playing at the in the fourth quarter, I don't know that they get there. They get there, then there's you know there's no telling. But for right now, they're still. I mean, they're not finishing games, and that's going to be a problem. And talking about Region Four Six A, there's no telling who ends up with that second seed. There's so much left to be determined between. Wilson Central, Lebanon, Hendersonville. You can even throw Rossview in there. That that number two seed right now is just up for grabs for anybody. All right, I want to stay in Sumner County a bit and, and talk about Beach. You know, we stay in Hendersonville for that one. Uh, the Buccaneers, number two in 5A this week. You know, they have everything in front of them. Um, this team has been, has been pretty well a machine through the first six games of the season. And, you know, we, we've already got to talk about the Minga State Championship contender. I've got them labeled as challenges ahead. They've, they've been really good to this point. But those we talked at the beginning of this year about this being a three-team uh, region, and they haven't played those other two teams yet. Hillsboro and Gallatin still on the schedule, but it's a bonus for the Buccaneers. They have both those teams at home. Uh, they've, they've proven a lot to this point. I think a lot a lot will be said when they play Gallatin. I think that yeah. one kind of describes your entire regular season. Uh, but I, you can't fault the Buccaneers right now. They've they've taken care of business. Yeah. I, okay. As much as I as much as I had doubts before, I'm done doubting Beach. I've already doubted them twice, and I I paid for it. Um, and, and not as much as their opponents have, but uh, this team I think is is built for a long run. I do. I think that uh, I, th- I think that the Gallatin. I mean, regardless of the Gallatin Beach outcome, I think you're looking at number one, one and two. I think that at some point there's a chance they see each other, but I don't know that I, it'd be real interesting. It, that Gallatin game is going to tell a lot yep. about how far which one of them goes. Yep. Beach Gallatin would be a, a quarterfinal game in five A, and the winner of that one is probably looking at Henry County in the semifinals. So that side of the bracket in 5A has got some landmines right there. But I, I think whoever can get through is is, go, is going to Cookville. But let's let's stay in that region and talk about the other unbeaten team, Mella Gallatin. They have a playoff formula. They run the ball very well with Spencer Briggs. They play great defense, giving up three and a half points per game right now. Four shutouts on the year. Haven't been scored on since week three. And as we just touched on, that region championship, most likely October 25th at Gallatin. That's a team, as we've touched on, teams that run the ball, play great defense, tend to last long in November. And that's put that right next to the dictionary. Gallatin's just a picture of that offense, running the ball, and their defense just swarming their opponents. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're right now, they're on a roll. I mean, they're a juggernaut, really. The question is, is that are they are teams going to be able to figure them out? Are they going to be able to get the run game started? You look at what Wilson Central did to them last week. Are they are they one dimensional team? Is, are teams going to be able are going to start stacking the front and forcing Isaiah Briscoe to pass the ball? That's going to be the question because the defense the defense is solid, and and so they may we may see some fourteen nothing games or fourteen to seven games going out. But when you start getting into the postseason, you better have all your ducks in a row. And that's the only thing that really concerns me. I really am looking forward to the Beach-Gallatin game just because this is going to be two tanks running into each other just constantly. But uh, 
I, I really think that either one of these teams are poised. And it's really, right now, coin flip as far as what I can see. But, again, as Chris pointed out earlier, Beach has yet to play the big, all the big players. And that's going to be interesting. Well, I've got October 25th circled on the calendar already. And if you're not doing anything that night, go to Beach because that, to me, is the game of the year in the Mid-State if they're both unbeaten. I mean, they're looking at possibly both teams being 8-0 and at least the top five, if not top three, in three and 5A. So that's a titanic matchup if they can both stay unbeaten, which Beach has Hillsboro this week, and and they're going to have to get by Hillsboro because that's always a big rivalry game too. The Buccaneers have it in front of them. Gallatin definitely has it in front of them. So that game is is monstrous toward – know their playoff hopes but and beach and gallatin are in the same boat so that's why it's probably a good thing that we put them right there together because they're on the same path whoever wins that region has got it good for the first couple of rounds at home but they're going to have to play each other around three they're probably taking henry county around four and if they want to get the cookable they're going to be battle tested when they get there all right scott let's uh, head to division two next nba uh nba that's, this is an uh, interesting uh, division just simply because the uh, added West region uh, schools in there. But right now, I think NBA is playing well. Uh, I, I, think that they, I think they do make the playoffs, and I think that they actually have a chance. If they can get their offense straightened out and consistent, I think they have a, a real good chance to do some damage because their defense is so good. Yeah, they've already taken care of MUS. They've already beaten St. Benedict. Uh, they have to win one more of JP2 and Christian Brothers to get in. Mm-hmm. But uh, the NBA can do some real damage when they get there. It's a little different this year in Division II AAA now with only eight teams getting in, uh, four from each region. So not everybody makes the playoffs like in previous years, which is a plus for me. I like that you actually have to qualify now in that in that Division Two, But um, – it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they how that region shakes out. Yeah, I think they've had perfect timing this year. They were zero and two to start, and uh, some people are like, "Oh wow, NBA zero and two. But they've had a great turnaround. And as Chris was saying, they have to have a win either against JP two or Christian Brothers to feel really good about getting in. I think most likely your best way is JP two, especially being local and uh, kind of really making sure you get in there. Yeah. I- this is, you know, you look at these two, you know, w- with only eight teams getting in. Somebody's getting left out that's not used to it, and that's going that's going to be scaring some some teams right now that hadn't been in that position yeah, before. That puts a lot of pressure on these teams now that uh, that you can't automatically qualify. But here's my thing. You know, they have Brentwood Academy next week. They're host Brentwood Academy. It's no longer a region game. There's no pressure on them in that contest. So I- I'm interested to see how that game turns out. Granted that it does not affect their playoff standing anymore. To go out and play. Right. It's, it's a rival. I mean, you're obviously going to play. But, you know, you, there, there's other things you're looking forward to. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really weird now thinking that it's not a – there's not a lot on the line for that one. Yeah. Um, one more. Uh, and BGA is, is that team. Um, you know, what they did last week, holding out Nick Simpson Helter to, to make sure that he's healthy was a good move. They are going to need him going down the stretch, though. My description for BGA, in Symptom Felter, we trust. Averaging 40 points per game in the first four weeks. Last two weeks, 
They scored 26 total. I tell you right now, though, it's a nice time to have a bye because they have FRA coming up next, mm-hmm. and that works out perfectly for their schedule. And I'll tell you this, too, an, another region game. That game at Lipscomb Academy looking much, much more difficult than it did at the start of the year. Oh, absolutely. I I think you're right. I think this this team is primed and poised, and this bye came at the right time to get healthy, refocus. I, I think that this team has the potential. I, I think that that Lipscomb Academy game, just from the outside looking in, if, if you get the best game out of both teams, it's going to be a dogfight. It really is. I, I think that uh, BGA's got it to, to make a run. Now, I don't know how deep, but they've got to make – they can put together a run. Yeah, I mean, that, that Lipscomb Academy showdown is – that last week is just going to be loaded with great games just because of the potential positioning of, of all of them. And this is another example of that. Um, it, it's on Central Melker's arm. I mean, they go through him. Whatever mm-hmm. he does determines what they wind up doing. So – if he's up healthy and upright, you know, BGA can go a long way. If something, you know, if he has an off night, they're going to have an off night, it seems like. But uh, they've got two non-reaching games with Lincoln County and Spring Hill before Lipscomb Academy. You've got to get through those two pretty clean. Mm-hmm. You've got to get through those two clean because you don't want to go into Lipscomb Academy with any shortfalls or any anybody out because of injuries. So Now, if it's doubtful, if you've got a guy that's doubtful, Pulling. Yeah. And you don't want to go into Lipscomb Academy and they have some really, really good performer pregame. <laughs> and that gets that crowd I'm, going. I'm glad you said that because I was going there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just think of who, you know, what A-list <laughs> performer is going to be at that game. Yeah, that, that, that'll be fun. That'll yeah. be fun to find out. That uh, um, We're taking our A-list performers to a break. We're back after this. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Back here in the 615 Preps Podcast, it's time for Who You Got. Uh, good week for me last week, 9-1, and 41-19 for the season. And Scott was 5-5 five five to fall to 33-27. Yay. <laughs> Christian had his best week of the year, 7-3. He's, he's tied with Scott. I take it. Yeah, I'll take I, it. Hey, neither one of us are last. Yeah. yeah. Nope, you both are. <laughs> That's all in how you look at it. Where's my participation trophy? Oh. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't. Ooh. I think we're going to need a bigger room if his ego gets any bigger. <laughs> Twitter voters, by the way, went eight and two, and they're thirty-seven and twenty-three for the season. Once again, proving they're smarter than we are. They're good. They, they're they, good. They get another shot at me this week. Let's get started. Take White, him down. <laughs> White House of Portland, Scott. Let's start with you. Oh, Portland. I love their offense. Um, you know, what can you say? They they have, you know, they're putting up points. I don't think White House can keep up. I'm going to go Portland. I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go White House. I think they need it more right now where they are in the standings. They really need this one, and they have a really difficult end of, the, uh, end of their schedule. I think White House needs it, and they get it. I agree with Christian. White House needs it more. I don't think they can get it. I think Portland has the better offense. They're just a little bit too powerful for White House, so I'm going with the Panthers. Next up, Page and Summit. Summit start uh, four consecutive region games, and they're just 1-0 in the region. So as well as they've done, they haven't done it in the region, 
but I think they get it done at home. Great balance of offense and defense. They get over Page. Uh, Cade Walker, Miles Bond connection for Page is dangerous. I think and the winner takes control of this region, uh, especially if someone wins. I'm going Page here. All right. I'm going with the home team of this one just because I think it's a little bit more handy for Summit. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Summit in this one, but I think Page just keeps this one, this kid's one close. Uh, next up, NBA at JP2. You know, this is a region game for, for both teams. Uh, JP2 has been playing pretty good football so far this year. They've had a couple of losses, but uh, I, I like what the Knights are doing, but I think NBA is just a little bit too much for them, so I'm going with NBA. I'm going to go back to need. JP2's 0-2 in this region. They're one of the biggest victims of playing all these Memphis teams. Although NBA's had a really nice bounce back, I think Antoine Roberts and and that crew get it done at home. I think NBA's defense is just too tough here. I'm going to go with the Big Red. Yeah. Battle for first place between Lipscomb Academy and CPA. Give me the Fighting Dilfers. Lipscomb Academy, they lost their last five games to CPA. you got to go all the way back to 2010. Question for CPA, can they play the way they did against BGA with the buildup? I'm just not so sure. I think – the Mustangs get it done. Yeah, they've had a week to get healthy. They've had a week to scheme. Their team uh, is getting ready in this game, could lock up the region. Give me Lipscomb. I like that CPA's got this game at home, but I don't like it enough. I'm taking the Mustangs as well to make it three for three. Wilson Central at Hendersonville. Uh, we've talked about Hendersonville needing this game pretty badly. Uh, Wilson Central's played better as of late, but they've taken a couple of losses in the last two weeks. I like Hendersonville to bounce back because, quite frankly, they've got to have it. Yeah. Exactly, and the commandos, they are in dire need of it. And here's the stats I was going to drop on you, Scott. Wilson Central, 0-5 all-time at Hendersonville on the road, 2-8 and overall against the commandos. They've never scored more than 14 points at Hendersonville. I, I'm going to go with the stats and go with the commandos. Oh, I have to go with the commandos here, too. I mean, it's just desperation time. They still have Mount Juliet and Rossby left to play. Uh, they, this game they have to have, and I think they get it. This is the second of three games that's going to decide Region 6 and Class 5A, Hillsborough at Beach. Hillsborough played a lot better last week, but I think Beach is still too strong, and they've got this one at home. I'm taking the Buccaneers. Uh, what, there's nothing fancy about Beach. They just line up and they run right at you. Uh, I, as good as Hillsborough is playing lately, it's kind of hard for me to go against the Buccaneers here. And for me, it goes back to Hillsborough just not having that significant big-time win this year, and I just don't see them going to beach and getting it done. Start of three consecutive home games for the Buccaneers, including Gallatin at the end of that stretch. It's a, it's a big time of the year for beach, and I think they get another win and stay perfect. Big one in Rutherford County, Oakland at Blackman. Blazer are, are, were 0-3 in non-region games. Big thing for them, they're 3-0 and in region games. I think they go to 3-1, and though. Oakland, too many points, averaging 59 points a game. I just I don't see how the Blaze can stop them uh, when they're on defense. Yeah, uh, Oakland's on top of the mountain right now. And, uh, there's nobody right now I see that's been able to push them off. And as well as Blackman has been playing, uh, I, it doesn't happen this week. I think the Patriots take this one. I would like to see Blackman keep this close, but it's Oakland until further notice. Uh, East Nashville at Pearl Cone. Two unbeaten teams, both 6-0, and two top five teams in 3A. East has not beaten Pearl since 2014. I favor East defense in this matchup. I know both teams could put up a bunch of points, but I, I think East Nashville's defense will help them win this game on the road at Pearl Cone. 
yeah, I, I, I really like East Nashville's defense, but I really like Pearl Cone's offense, and I think Coach Bernetti's going to have his team ready. I'm going with Pearl Cone. Don't play with it, Pearl Cone. Next up, Kane Ridge at Smyrna. I just saw Kane Ridge last week. That offense picks you apart. They've got three receivers. They just go to any time, any time they need them. Started 0-2. They've averaged 42 points a game since then. And I, the question for Smyrna, you got to control time of possession. you got to control the clock. Can they slow down Kane Ridge? I just don't think they can do it. And I think Kane Ridge wins Region 5-6A once again. Yeah, I, you know, they started 0-2 against undefeated Pearl Cone and a very good Brentwood team. Since then, uh, they've been on a roll, beat Stewart's Creek. Uh, their season starts now, really, and I think that Kane Ridge uh, comes away in this one. Yeah, Kane Ridge has gotten back on track since a little bit of a rough start to the season. Uh, the Ravens are playing some of their best football right now and at a good time, too. Smyrna, unfortunately, is just in the way of this thing right now. I like Smyrna to keep this thing close, but I'm thinking Kane Ridge does go away with the win and, and control the region. It's just not a style of football that Smyrna matches up very well against. No. And to put it frankly, I'm not sure many teams match up very well against it. No, that's a good point. I think I think this is a uh, contrast in styles. Brentwood at Independence is our last one, Scott. Yeah, and Brentwood's defense is they're sneaky good, as we covered before, only allowing 14 points to Ravenwood and CPA. Uh but the you know the Eagles are really you know they're really getting in into gear with their offense. Uh, health is going to be the question. Uh, right now, I think I'm going to have to go with Brentwood, even though it's it's really a toss up to me. Yeah, these two teams split last year, and we I already touched on it tonight. Uh, Independence fell in the playoffs to Brentwood in overtime. And out of all these three teams in that region, I really like Ethan Cash at quarterback. I think Eagles get revenge after that overtime overtime loss in uh, the playoffs last year. I like the Eagles. I like that Independence has this one at home too, and that this is going to be a fantastic ball game, I think. But I'm siding with Ethan Cash in this one. I take Independence at home to win this game and to keep their streak going and, and try to control this region. It's Independence for me. So – Guys, that's 10. That's it. Um, a lot of good games to, to go over. We'll talk about them all next week. Enjoy them this week. It's going to be a fun week. Hopefully it's cooler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the forecast actually is supposed to be in the 80s for Friday, so we're, we're, we're looking up there. Ooh, October in the 80s. <laughs> this is my island in the sun. <laughs> all right. Well, folks, that's it. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you checking out the website, Midstate Preps Plus. Uh, at 615preps on Twitter, 615preps on Instagram. We'll have some stuff for you later this week. Until then, for Christian Capozzi and Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. See you next week. See ya. Kicker. Yeah. 615preps podcast is a production of B Squared Media, LLC.